What's up, church family? So, so good to see you. Uh, my name is Tim. It is Tuesday morning, November 24th. This is a TNT devotional, our Tuesday and Thursday devotional at New Hope Church. Uh, we're going to be in uh, Proverbs chapter 9 today. If you want to grab your Bible and follow along today, we've been going through the book of Proverbs, enjoying it, I hope. Uh, I am enjoying it. I hope that you are as well. It is the week of Thanksgiving. And we're allowing our staff to stay home today, these few days, which is why I am here in my home, which is awesome. I'm not at the iCampus studio today. I'm here at the house. And for those of you who are, it it works out good for me, if you know what has been happening lately. Um, and if you're curious about how I'm doing, here's the answer. I'm doing good. Uh, started having symptoms of COVID 12 days ago, uh, tested positive soon after that, uh, had a fever for the first few days on and off, and then uh, got over that pretty quick, but extremely tired after that. But overall, I had a very, very mild case for which I'm very, very thankful. Thank you, Lord, and thank you for the prayers, all of you who've been praying for me and sending me any kind of note and so forth. You guys are just wonderful. <clears throat> I'm also thankful that uh, none of my family has come down with it. Um, that's awesome. I, I was in COVID jail for 10 days by COVID jail. I mean, going by the CDC guidelines, you, you stay in uh, isolated from everybody for 10 days since the onset of symptoms. I did that. And so you make it through those 10 days and then you make it through at least 24 hours without um, without a fever. I did that days and days ago, but uh, lived out the 10 days in the bedroom over the garage. I finished my time in COVID jail on Sunday at about 4 p.m. And then I washed all the sheets and all of my clothing that was laying on the floor and I disinfected everything. So the house is clean. And now according to uh, the researchers out, out there, I have antibodies. Yay, not sure for how long, but at this moment, I'm a pretty safe guy. To be around. I thought about getting a t-shirt that said, you know, free hugs. I have antibodies. <laughs> but uh, truth be told, once one person hugged me, I wouldn't know if they had it. And then if I hug another person, that might give it to them. So anyway, that didn't, not going to work out. But anyway, all that to say, yay God, yay God. And thank you, church family, for your love and prayers. I'm extremely, extremely grateful on this uh, Thanksgiving week. And by the way, Thanksgiving is on Thursday. <clears throat> yes, if you're wondering, we are gonna have a TNT devotional uh, Thanksgiving morning, 8 a.m. I'm gonna lead that devotional on Thanksgiving day. And however, that evening, we would typically have a service on Thursday night at our campuses. We're not going to have a service on Thanksgiving Eve. So join us for the devotional 8 a.m. on Thursday morning, Thanksgiving Day, but on Thanksgiving evening, no service. The services will only be Sunday at our campuses and uh, all four Houston area locations plus our online campus will be having services. I'll be preaching. It'll be my first time to preach since my release from COVID jail. Uh, looking forward to it. I hope that you'll join us. I've been loading up on vitamin C, vitamin C gummies. Man, I, I found vitamin C gummies. Those are amazing. It's like you're eating candy and getting healthier at the same time. It's a win-win. Um, maybe I'll drink a bunch of green tea on that day. I don't know. That's a that kind of a movie quote. But anyway, so yes to Thursday devotional 8 a.m. 
no Thursday night service on Thanksgiving Day, yes to Sunday services, all socially distanced and disinfected with me teaching and my new antibodies. All right, so let's get down to business here. Uh, please say hi to us in the chat. Let us know where you're watching from. If you're already traveling for Thanksgiving week or going to travel, please let us know wherever you're joining us from. That would be awesome. Just kind of helps us to gauge whether we're hitting the mark or not. Also, if you need prayer, please let us know. And as always, please encourage someone in the comments, which you guys are so awesome at doing. Uh, once again, we're gonna be in Proverbs chapter nine today. Proverbs chapter nine, if you wanna join us there, Proverbs nine includes a line that many people don't like. Many people can't get past. And actually taught not a whole sermon, but I had like one point on this subject in a sermon that I did back during our um, Murder Hornets series where I was teaching from 2 Corinthians. And because there's a similar verse as the one that we're going to read today in Proverbs chapter 9. But this is one of those subjects that people have a tough time wrapping their heads around. And uh, I'm talking about the subject of fearing God. Fearing God. It's all through scripture, but a lot of folks don't want to hear about it. They just outright reject it. Some people think that it's only an Old Testament thing, which it's not, as I will show you in a few moments. Uh, the verse that mentions fearing God is Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. But in order to give you a little context, I'm going to start at verse 7. So if you got your Bible, Proverbs chapter 9, beginning verse 7, it says this. Whoever corrects a mocker invites insults. Whoever corrects a mocker invites insults. Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Verse 8, do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Mockers will hate you. Uh, rebuke the wise and they will love you. See the difference? Mockers will hate you if you rebuke them. The wise will love you. Verse 9, instruct the wise, and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous, and they will add to their learning. So that's the lead up to verse, to verse 10, which we'll get to in just a moment. But you can see here, uh, correction, you see uh, rebuke, you see instruction there in the text. And those things are all rejected by the unwise, but they are all welcomed by people who are wise, even though people would say that those things, correction, rebuke, and instruction are oftentimes negative, or people see them as negative, especially today, they see them as negative. I mean, you think about it, and somebody, uh, somebody, uh, you, you, you see a friend or a coworker, and they're like, wow, I got rebuked today. They're not saying it like it's a good thing, right? I got in trouble today at work. I got corrected. I had to go sit down and get some instruction. Most people, most people would see that as a bad thing. <clears throat> but wise people, and I hope I'm talking to some wise people today, wise people say, bring it on, man, because I want to get better. And I'm not going to get better unless somebody is real, real honest with me and gives me the hard truths about myself and about my behavior, or if it's at a job, my job performance. Um, I think I think what has happened is nowadays we're into self-image. <clears throat> so 
We're all worried about how people feel about themselves. And so everybody gets offended about everything today. And so self-image, like, 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 yes, that person's doing a horrible job, but we don't want to make them feel bad about themselves. So don't say anything negative to them. So it's almost like self-image has been elevated above truth and above right living. So the rules are kind of like, okay, anybody can do what anybody wants to do, even if it's totally out of line, even if it's demented, even if it's against the teaching of God in the scriptures, and no one can say anything about what anybody else is doing, and if they do, then they're a bully. That's the way that the world sees things now, and it is ruining our society. You think about it, uh, not even on the sin thing, just move it back over to, to job performance. Oftentimes, companies will keep employees who, at the very least, need some serious instruction, but they don't want to offend them. They don't want to have to deal with a lawsuit because people sue, you know, they get terminated and they start suing and saying that, they, you know, they were uh, discriminated against or whatever. And so um, oftentimes people are left in positions where they're not doing a good job because management is too afraid to do anything about the job that they're doing or about this particular individual and customer service goes down the drain with it the entire company goes down the drain and i don't know if you've run into someone lately who needs some instruction about how to do their job <laughs> and uh you can only guess as you're watching them not smile not answer your questions as they roll their eyes when they when you say something to them, you can only guess that their supervisor or their job, their, their boss at the job is just too afraid to instruct them or to rebuke them or to give them a negative mark on their review. But for the wise person, and I hope I'm talking to you, for the wise person, we want to know how we can do our job better, how we can be a better parent, a better neighbor, better friend, a better spouse, a better employee. And so I'm going to tell you, those of you who are wise, um, how you can help other people help you. You can, the people who are around you, you can go to them and you can say, <clears throat> I want to get better at this. I want to get better at my job. I want to get better at this role that I feel like God has, has me in right now. So can you just tell me the truth? Am I, am I missing the mark? Tell me how I can improve. Show me if I have any blind spots. Is there anything that you're seeing that I don't see? I think in situations where, uh, in work situations where supervisors are afraid that everybody's offended all the time now, that if you really want to excel, this could be the way that you do it. Instead of sitting around waiting for your boss to tell you how to do your job better, just assume that they're walking on eggs with a number of people. And so just bypass those eggs, go straight to them and just say, listen, I want to do the best that I can possibly do at my job. But the only way I can get there is if you tell me the truth. And so you have my permission 100% to tell me the good, the bad and the ugly. And I promise you, I will not hold it against you, but I will use it to make you proud and then ask them specific questions. And when they're honest with you, don't get offended 
just up your game, up your game. You talk about making your boss's life easier and making yourself wiser. That's what the scripture says. And that's going to lead to more respect and more promotion. Rebuke the wise and they will love you. Instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. And then comes verse 10, the the one that a lot of people can't handle. Verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning. We're stepping into wisdom when we have this healthy respect for God. We're stepping into the wisdom that he has for us. And lots of people don't like this verse. And I assume there are many reasons why, but I think one of them is that some people want to make God into their own image. And so they don't want a God that they, that has like things that he wants us to accomplish and things that he does not want us to do, that he actually prefers that we work hard and with excellence, which we'll talk more about that on Thursday of this week. But so they just try to remove any cognitive dissonance because they don't want God to have any expectations of their life whatsoever. They don't want to fear him. They don't want to even think about that they might not be doing what God wants them to do. But the truth is, God is a holy God. He does have expectations for our lives. But even though he is perfect in all of his ways, he's still approachable. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 says that we can approach him boldly. We can go to the throne of grace boldly because of what Jesus has done for us. So we can have this big time healthy reverence and respect and fear of God. But at the same time, we can approach him like he is our heavenly father because that's exactly what he is. I think those of us who had strong yet loving fathers kind of understand this. And this is important because, you know, I've read uh, before that a lot of people have this image of God in their heads that parallels the image of their their, their earthly father that they have in their heads. And so... You know, for folks who your dad was aloof and uninterested, uninterested, that's kind of how you see God. If your dad was uh, absent, that's how you see God. If your dad was angry all the time, that's how you see God. If if your dad was passive, then maybe that's how you see God. And if we want to help our kids to get this right, <clears throat> then dads, we need to be the best men that we can possibly be for our families. And if you had a dad who was loving, But at the same time that he was loving, you knew that there was a line. And if you cross that line, he was still going to be loving with you, but you were going to be in trouble. Then you probably understand this passage better than a lot of folks. You can love someone and be loved by them unconditionally, but still have a healthy respect for them. I believe that Again, there are people that don't like this concept of fearing God because they, you know, they just want God to be their buddy that doesn't tell them what to do. They want God to be a a pushover, an empty suit that they can fill up however they want. But let's do what we always do at this church and let's teach the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And the truth is, yes, God is good all the time. 
God is good. God is good all time, all time. God is good. Yes, God loves us so much that he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross in our place. Yes, his love is amazing. His grace is amazing. Yes, he wants to be our friend. But God is still God. And you cannot like shrink him down to a stuffed animal size, like somebody that's there only for your comfort. And he only does what you want him to do. Listen to me. No matter how you feel about God today, he's still God. <laughs> he's still God. In the New Testament, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, verse 11, the Apostle Paul says this, Since then we know what it is to fear the Lord. Since then we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God, and I hope that it is plain to your conscience as well. Though as written, uh, fear of the Lord is the motivator here, the Apostle Paul says. And that would make sense if the Apostle Paul says we know what it is, you know, to feel the love of God. We know what it is to know the mercy of God. So we try to persuade others. But he chose fear in this instance. And that's because Paul knows what happens when you're on God's bad side. And so he says we're here to try to help people get to God's good side. Listen to me. All fear is not bad. Fear, fear can help us to make better choices. In, in fact, a, a healthy fear can motivate us to do the right thing. I don't know if you've ever been to the doctor and the doctor said, um, hey, listen, um, you're going down the wrong road in your health by the way that you are eating or by a habit that you have or by not exercising, whatever. And if you don't change, then this is what's going to happen. And they, they kind of read you the riot act and say, this is what your health is going to end up and you're, you're going to die if you don't do certain things in the next little bit. And so that's a healthy fear that there's going to be a negative outcome if we don't do the right thing. <clears throat> Back during our Murder Hornet series, Second, uh, Second Corinthians, uh, the series uh, from which I just used that verse that we just read moments ago uh, I used electricity as an example and I've been shocked a couple times in my life so I have this very healthy respect for electricity and once in particular I was in high school and we were having uh, a rehearsal for some Christmas thing or something we were doing at church and and so I had a microphone and I had a cord it was a, a corded mic and I was standing near the baptistry and so there was a break in the in the rehearsal and people were talking and and I just leaned over to the baptistry and went to just just I was just going to put my finger in the water to see what the temperature of the water was in the baptistry on the stage at church while holding this uh, this wired up mic in my hand. And I lowered my finger to the water and and before my finger touched the water. This huge spark came out of the end of my finger and just snapped and literally splashed water and made ripples across the water. And my arm just kind of jolted. <laughs> and uh, again, to this day, <clears throat> I have this very healthy respect for electricity. I use it every single day. I've got the lights on in this room. I got my computer on, uh, on the desk right here in front of me. I, I, uh, I, I use electricity all the time. It, my fear of it has not made me to not use electricity, but I, I use it correctly. 
I use it properly. I know that there are consequences if I break the rules uh, for electricity. So uh, my fear is there. It's a healthy respect ever present in my mind. So, you know, when there's a thunderstorm or when there's a loose wire in the house or something, or when I'm plugging something in, you know, I don't touch the, the prongs when I plug it in. Um, if I see an electrical wire down after a storm, I stay far away from it. That's just this healthy fear. A healthy fear does not keep me from engaging with electricity. Every single day I engage with it. I am doing so right now. I just have a healthy respect for it. And I also engage with God every single day. Now, God isn't some inanimate force that kills anything or anyone that gets out of line. This is where the almighty grace of God comes in as well. And and uh, if it wasn't for God's grace, we would all be dead because we've all touched the double prongs as we've been plugging something in in our lives. I'm talking about spiritually speaking, and we've all been way outside of his will. We've all gone against him, but God had mercy on us and he gave us another chance. So what do we do with that? Well, in Romans chapter 6, verse 1, the Apostle Paul says, Shall I go on sinning so that grace may abound? Shall I go on sinning so that grace may abound? And he answered his own question. He says, no, absolutely not. And I want you to hear me now. If we know God's grace, we should want to live in his will. There's a, there's a healthy respect that, yes, we were outside of God's will. God saved us. God had grace on our lives. So, so yes, we still respect him, but we're going to live within his guidelines. We're going to do what it is that he wants us to do. And we're not going to flaunt it and go and go do our own thing. We're going to try to, to live our lives his way. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, uh, Jesus said it this way, don't fear those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, if you want to be afraid of someone, be afraid of the one, talking about God, who can destroy both the body and the soul in hell. Jesus said, people can only touch your body, but God can touch your body and your soul. So if you're going to have a healthy fear of someone, God would be your person, okay? The one who can take it all away. Now, if we get this right, if we get this right, then we have a healthy fear of God. If we have a healthy fear of God, then we're not going to constantly want to go outside of his outside of his will and test him constantly. Okay, that's what the healthy fear does. Back to Proverbs 9. Now, verse 10 again, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Um, verse 11, for through wisdom, your days will be many. Through wisdom, like if you get this right, your days will be many and years will be added to your life. So uh, you get this right. You, you spend more time in God's will than out of God's will. Years are going to be added to your life. And then verse 12, if, if you're wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you're a mocker, then you're going to suffer. And I don't want to suffer. I, and I don't want you to suffer. I want you to experience all the benefits of a close, healthy relationship with God where we recognize him as God. 
not as our homeboy, not as our, you know, big buddy in the sky or something less than who he is, but we see him as the infinite creator of the universe, clothed in power and strength and all-consuming fire, perfect in holiness, and at the same time, somebody who loves us unconditionally. My Father in heaven, who has called me and who has called you his child. With that, I got to quit. So let me pray for you before I let you go today. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that even though you are greater than we could ever comprehend in our human minds, Lord, that you've created the universe and all that's in it, and that was only in a few days, Lord. And at the same time, you love and care for each one of us individually, and you know the struggles that we're having right now in this moment, and you know the names and the difficulties of every single person that's listening to this devotional right now. I pray, God, that you would just show up in their lives today, that you would give them, Lord, the peace that passes all understanding that you would allow them to realize that you are not only holy, but that you are near. And I pray that we would draw close to you, Lord. Do some awesome things in our lives. I pray this in your son's name and all the people said, amen. Okay, so glad you're here today. And it's good to be back. Um, my strength is getting more each and every day. And can't wait to, to see you live soon. Uh, from the stage, but uh, church preaching God's word. But uh, I'll see you on Thursday morning, Thanksgiving Day, 8 a.m. Remember, uh, no service on Thanksgiving evening, though. If you want to show up in person, you need to do that on Sunday morning, and I hope that you do. So all four campuses, physical campuses, and online at 945. Love you guys so much. We'll see you soon. Bye.